<laughs> Live from Lafayette, it's the Rocky Mountain Mixdown. Ay, 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 ay. Let's get ready to rumble. You have Liz and Kenny today, and our guest is Mr. John Remington. This is a family episode, so let's uh, strap in, have a great time. Hey, hey. Yes. Definitely strap in. Yeah. We've never gotten to just pepper you with questions before. This is true. It's exciting. No, that's not true. You could throw a little salt in there for me if you don't did mind. Did we even interview you when yeah, you started we, working Yeah, we interviewed here? John. Yeah, 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 we had an interview. We did? Yeah. Yeah. I was very nervous. Did anyone else apply? Yeah. Oh. I don't remember this at all. I emailed. I, yeah, I you, had emailed. A, you had a really good resume. You emailed, and then like four weeks later, we were like, oh, this guy's amazing. We need to like, <laughs> we need to get back to him. We did. And you called me, and I was like, from what? <laughs> like, from Doghouse. I was like. Oh, oh yeah, what's <laughs> up, dude? <laughs> Are you saying you mass applied to every studio in Colorado? You swiped right to every studio? Uh, almost, yeah. yeah. I mean, I would. Shit, yeah. It's hard to get a job. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're glad you're here. I know. Mm-hmm. I'm glad we scooped you up. I'm glad to not be rocking those like midnight to 6 a.m. live shows. You know, mm, and, yeah. yes. and Blackrock and drive all the gear back at like oh, two yeah. in the morning. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that kind of thing. Well, you could have gotten a job at like one of those radio morning shows. Yeah, could have been the producer. It's like nub in the chews or something. <laughs> like get ready for nub in the choo choo train. I don't know. And they always love yeah, like you're, getting you're the engineer in a little bit. Yeah. You know, they're like, oh, old Johnny in the box. Yeah, yeah. I like do a fart sound or something. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Have the soundboard. Yeah, I've always wanted a soundboard here. I know. I know. We keep you talking have that about mini it. handheld one that's like applause, yeah. and it's only got three sounds. Yeah. I know, and they're pretty poor quality but yeah. it's a start kenny not the best wasn't it like new grounds where you could get the soundboards of like famous actors oh, yeah. and stuff yeah like in the early 2000s maybe we could just get that rolling yeah i don't know somehow i just want the voice of oprah yeah oprah. playing what is in she saying anything just anything. in her lovely warm voice okay i could get with that yeah yeah like break, as we're breaking down Oprah's right just it'll be like you don't have to go or... home but you can't stay here but it's oprah yeah, ooh. <laughs> I, I like that. I like it when Jesus is on a very special Oprah. I know, they're all special. They're all special. <laughs> they're all special when you get an iPad under your seat. Yeah, that's oh. true, a Toyota. <laughs> a Toyota under your seat? Yeah, the keys anyway, yeah. Oh, oh. And a gift card to Whole Foods. <laughs> ah! And then everyone loses their shit and like, <laughs> kills each other. And I was really excited about the Whole Foods. I'm going to sell the truck. Yeah, you're in the Hunger Games, I'd sell Surprise. the truck. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I can't pay for insurance on this yeah. brand new truck. <laughs> Thanks for the 30000 <laughs> Oh, man. I knew a guy at a radio station. His job was to call someone after they had won a prize and said, by the way, here's your tax bill. Oh, oh. god! So like if someone wins a new car for like, you know, let's say $30,000 or something, they would get a tax bill. For like ten thousand dollars, and then they wouldn't be able to pay it, and the and the station wouldn't cover it. And then oh, they take no. the car back, right? Yeah, <laughs> oh, they repo the car. 
Yeah, because they're Ridiculous. like, not his. That's yeah. sad. That's pretty American. I love it. Pretty- <laughs> like the thing about this gift is you have to be already rich to receive right. it. Right, exactly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, one of the weirdest jobs I think I applied for before y'all reached back out was um, classical music radio host on CPR. So you would have killed that. Oh, I think you would have done a great job. Yeah, yeah, but then again, you know, it's, it's not a your little full adjacent. Skill set. Yeah, your but, room would have looked the same. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think it probably would not be as cool. It probably no. have fewer guitars, more. More Glockenspiel. I'd probably sense. just work from home. Just have like That's one true. mic and just be like, okay. That was Schumann uh, with his tone painting period, and now we're going to move on to something with a little more pluck. Here comes the uh, Vif et Agite in F major, (laughs) one of my favorites. (laughs) Do they have ads on NPR Classical? Is it like... I think like so. Like it's like flow from progressive, just you know, call the sun. No, I think like, they do like, and you can donate to your NPR yeah. station ah, right now. Okay, got it. NPR is sponsored by. <laughs> you know. Farts. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of other things. Shout out to NPR. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you inspire us every day. This every is true. Day. All right. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. So. <laughs> So yeah, so uh, just to, after 10 minutes of banter there, uh, John is uh, the lead engineer here at Doghouse. He has taken the humble beginnings here uh, from three years ago and basically helped us build this entire recording wing that we have now uh, that we are actually sitting in. We're sitting in one of the ISO booths right now, uh, hanging out, having a good time. Uh, we have a control room. We have two ISO rooms. We have our live room. Everything is... Uh, finally wired and networked, and uh, how many singles do you think we've recorded so far? In this Jeez, space? yeah, I mean, even just tracks total. Yeah, um, we talking since the new space. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, in the last, what would that be? Would seven last, months, like, seven or eight months. Yeah, it's like it's like over seventy at least. I think right? it's around a hundred. Oh, wow. What? I think yeah, so. That makes sense. That is nuts. we've done think a lot. Yeah. yeah, yeah, especially last month. That was a. Yeah, we got like June was maybe big. thirty or something last month. Tracked anyway, not Tracked. mixed yeah, and yeah. mastered and released. You know. Yeah, it's all in the oven. For those of you that have never recorded before, there's a lot of ingredients that go into the the chocolate cake uh, of a track or an album, um, like tracking the sounds, then mixing the sounds to make them sound good, then mastering the sound to make it sound gooder. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And uh, yeah, there's a lot of steps in between. And also you have the creative side of it. Uh, You know, as you are barreling down the path of getting something in the can, uh, you're also making some hard decisions, either yourself as an artist or within a group, uh, being like, well, I want it this way. I want it that way. I want the drums up front. I want the vocals up front. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, when we say, hey, the average radio song is three minutes. And they're like, hey, well, we have a 18-minute song. We're like, great. You can open for Mars Volta. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Um, <laughs> and you can find a playlist on Spotify of all of our uh, recording clients. It's called Doghouse Music Studios slash our clients. Awesome. What? Really? Yes. And then, and then you can import that uh, playlist into Tidal. Where you yes, can, where you can I'm listen sorry. to everything high five. I know. Oh, no. okay. yeah. <laughs> I should get on title because you love it and I have never even tried it oh, before. Oh, it's just because I'm an audiophile. It's fine. I know. No, you know. I'm all about the people. <laughs> Where yeah. do the people? <laughs> yeah, no, that's the, the thing masses. that is missing. But I, I would like to try they it did, out. Uh, I got an email at the beginning of the year saying like, oh, we're going to integrate our social 
aspect. So oh, good. They're, they're working on it, but good, it's, good. it still hasn't happened. That'll be a huge help, yeah. I think. So, yeah, you've been here three years now. Yeah. Um, what's the most fun day you've had so far? Whoa, that's a, that's a, that's a good one. There are so many fun days. Um, definitely would have to land in one of the days of tracking or maybe even a live show. I think I really did have a good time at the uh, Halloween live stream. That was just a uh, a blast, you know. That was in kind of a a bit of a troublesome period in my life, and then that was like a huge buoy for me. All of a sudden, it oh, just cool. was one of those moments that really made me feel better and just you know love the community around here and all the people that we've we've brought together. You know, there were a lot of uh, doghouse OGs at that show, and yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was that was great. It was a great show. And card catalog and radioactive babushka. Oh yeah, just killing. One it. of the best band names ever. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, everyone wore costumes. Yeah, Kenny was the bumblebee. I'm sure. Yes. If you listen to this podcast, you've probably seen some photos or even saw Kenny, the man himself. A bumblebee outfit is not a good outfit for narrow hallways. You had a, just gonna... a large stinger. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, and you were you were uh, you were peanut butter and jelly, right? Yeah, with yeah. my with my sister. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> the Remington PB and J. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna ask you even more intense questions. Do it. <laughs> How do you respond to these allegations? <laughs> oh. Ah! <laughs> so you came to us not right out of um, your program at school, but right. a f- couple years after, I think. Mm-hmm. It was about. Uh, two and a half years. Yeah. Um, so when you were in school, like, what did you imagine doing this work was going to be like? Like, what would it look like? Like, what kind of studio? Like, what were you kind of, like, dreaming of at the time? Yeah. Um, that was a very interesting time. Um, while I was in school, having all of the uh, access to those, like, truly million-dollar studios was was a little bit of a... I don't know, a little bit of a farce because those don't exist anymore, you know? Um, So to learn in a perfect environment was, uh, I don't know, it was great. It was great and all. I I don't mean to uh, bring Berkeley down, but um, just in thinking about it, you know, they they don't say, oh, you're going to have to build your own studio or, you know, basically when you leave, they're like, okay, so you're going to be an intern for like four years you're going to be getting coffee, you're going to be licking boots, and then finally you're going to be able to sit in on a mixing session. And then, you know, um, and that was, I was still kind of dreaming of New York, um, which is where I wanted to go uh, initially to do the studio thing. But um, I got a gig uh, doing like tech support at the school after the program. And so I was doing a bunch of guerrilla recording and just like crashing people's uh, apartments and (laughs) recording their vocals and like setting up my low, low uh, underground basement apartment with like sagging ceilings and, you know, setting up quote unquote isolation rooms and <laughs> cables sprawled everywhere. Uh, a lot of concrete. A lot of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that actually that does speak to your ingenuity because there have been times where this building was pretty much under renovation. Like, you know, we were running wires through ceilings and doing things like that. And meanwhile, you were doing things like uh, recording Day Shaper's first EP and like holding baffles over your head <laughs> while 
you know, while Avery was singing or, <laughs> yeah. you know, something crazy like that. Yeah, yeah. Building up. Like, that drum getting, tunnel. Oh, yeah. yeah. Using the, the chaise lounge to lift the guitar amps. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. uh, <laughs> how do you say that word, by the way? What? I've, I've heard chaise it. Chaise so, lounge. Is it, is it long? Is it lounge? Is it lounge? That's a, a great question. Lounge. I would say a chaise lounge. I yeah. would too, as an American. As an American, human. that's how I want to say it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so it was fun. You know, here there was a bit of a gorilla aspect to it. And I actually kind of adore that because each space has its own unique characteristics. So to kind of learn a space that isn't perfect and then even work with that, maybe grab some of the imperfect. I love that kind of thing, you know, chaos yes. and order and you all really that. You really were very flexible (laughs) (laughs) i was always like oh he's gonna think this is the worst (laughs) no i mean that was it's so fun so much fun so much fun yeah yeah when those day shaper boys came in and they were like we're thinking about recording something you know just and then we set them up for just like a kind of a free rehearsal thing like ah see if you like the space whatever and they started playing i was like oh god i hope they like the space (laughs) i know i I was like this is what we have to offer at this time well i actually loved the concrete floors those sounded pretty cool for some bands it was yeah yeah yeah. that's a good point yes cool Whenever. I don't know. I think I've, I feel like I went off on a bit of a tangent. Did I answer the no, base no. Of that question? No, no. You did, I think. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think, I, you know, and I think a lot of people come out of like college programs with that feeling of, I learned like this high level stuff and then you get this job in like a windowless room and they're like, what we have right now is Microsoft Office and that's <laughs> what you're going to be using. I was like, I learned Adobe. No. Yeah. yeah. You're like, but I can do data analytics and they're like, you can do Microsoft Excel. Yeah. That's for you. <laughs> Maybe. You can take notes as I speak. Right. <laughs> yeah. It is. I mean, it is such a different environment from from academia to professionalism. Like, oh yeah. I mean, we have someone that's a, a trained as a friend that's a graphic designer, and when she got to her new job a couple of weeks ago, there was a computer in her office from the '90s with a Far Side cartoon from the <laughs> 90s. and they're like yeah you can you know use photoshop with this computer right and she's like mm, yeah, i think yeah. i need a <laughs> I need an upgrade yeah, yeah yeah oh <laughs> oh in addition to a uh an engineer you are also a performer mm. uh, you have several instruments in uh in your office uh you do a lot of production um do you feel like uh you have a struggle inside between the performer side, the production side, the engineer side. You feel like it's easy to wear all those different hats. Um, is there a different set of emotions you bring to the table for doing one versus the other? Yeah, um, I think during the tracking process, which is the first process um, in the in the whole gam- gamut of you know the, the chocolate cake that Kenny was mentioning earlier, <laughs> delicious um, is to just capture the most basic elements of the song and that's uh, pretty important. It's it's important for me to know like what the song is about and a lot of times it's a pretty uh, intimate or deep to- topic. Um, so, you know, like when recording vocals, sometimes I'll have to ask the artist like, okay, well, try to get back into that headspace as, as painful as it might be, um, but use it as more of like a cathartic vehicle, like get it out and then it can be out no longer has to be in inwards but sometimes um that can be tough but so during tracking there is a bit of an engineering and production that goes on because i consider the emotional elements and kind of making sure that everything is in line and kind of prosaic with the song to be 
productorly, if that's a word. I don't think it is. But um, Yeah, like a producer. The, as far as engineering goes, I think I usually get all of those ideas out of the way once I've got the reference playlist from the artist, where it's like, okay, I, I kind of get all my mic choices by just listening to what they send me. And then the production kind of begins in that first tracking session and wherever it goes from there. Uh, yeah. Uh, and and I, I kind of need alone time when I'm producing like post when it's like, okay, now that all, you know, it's as close as possible. Do I add banjo? <laughs> do, do, do I add piano? Do I whip out the clarinet? You know, um, and then I'll try because I need to try a bunch of different things before I feel like, okay, this is possibly good. Because it is a truly creative process. The laboratory, mm-hmm. you need like that lab time mm-hmm. of just like, no one watch me just Try everything. Right, because there's going to be some squeaks yeah. or there's going to be some finger flubs. Or you you're know? like, I know this is dumb, but I'm going to see what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, B- bingo, yeah, yeah. Because it might not be dumb. Right. right, in the end, it might be cool. Yeah. Fibro slaps work. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not just for cake covers. That's right. This is why I'm glad we don't do production hourly, because I feel like you need that time where there's no hourly yeah. pressure. Yeah, no to pressure. To be like, we're just going to try exactly. whatever comes yeah. to mind. Um and it, it is fun to get, you know, um, in the case of Alex Trainer, uh, when we would do production days, it was really fun because I did feel super close with Alex. And so it didn't feel weird to have him there while we were both trying super weird things. Um, yeah, I so. think he would have been bummed to miss that yeah. experience. Yeah, and I, I kind of would have been bummed to not have him there. So it really is case by case, I think, but uh, a lot of it. You know, mixing is a very solitary thing for me. I, I, I feel like I really need to be become a, just a pair of ears, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> floating in a room. Um, <laughs> if only, yeah, if only, but uh, still got to drink coffee and stuff and eat. Yeah. So uh, sort of this goes hand in hand with that is like there's definitely a level of vulnerability that our clients bring into the studio with them just being able to share their music with us and not in a way that's guarded, but in a way where they let that down so we can really collaborate. And I feel like probably a lot of people who work one-on-one in the creative world experience this, but what is it like to kind of need to meet them there in that like vulnerable space and be like, you know, I'm working for you and I'm a professional, but I'm really meeting you on this really like human to human level. Yeah. Well, and I like to bring that element of humanity to it. Um, Sometimes that's not the case. It's more just like, let's get it. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I think some people are not interested in going there. Yeah. And I, I've always been an empath. Um, can't help it. Yes. Can't really, <laughs> can't really turn that off. <laughs> no. And um, yeah, so I definitely, it can take a second, especially with larger groups for all of the energies to start mixing and matching. Um, and then everybody's having a good time or getting the vibe right you know, to use that word, is important. <laughs> uh, and, you know, with emotional content, it's, it is. It's like you kind of feel a little naked, especially if it's your first time in the studio. Um, that can be really intimidating. So I try to kind of um, dilate myself to a point where people can feel comfortable dilating themselves. Um, and as you both know, I can, I can get pretty weird. But weird in a good way, I think. That's like, oh, yeah, okay, this guy, I can, he's not going to judge me. Right. Right. (laughs) And I think you drop into it in a way where you're leading them by showing up in that space. Then they're like, oh, okay, like this is how we do this. Yeah. 
Yeah, and a lot of it is, um, I think, becoming comfortable is when I'm like, okay, humor me. Can we try this? You right. know, and then and then the first time they say, yeah, okay, you know, right. that, that's when I think the vibe is right and things are going well. Mm-hmm. Um, well, because we have had a number of musicians in here, some of them seasoned and have been in probably a dozen different studios. You have people who are recording for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, do you see a difference between someone who is more seasoned versus you know someone who's more of a session player or a, you know a, a, a perpetual artist versus someone who's just like breaking ground on creating their content and things like that? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, and I think sometimes it's a little easier to um, get on the level with someone who's, who's doing it for the first time because I can just immediately start guiding them through what I would consider to be the process. Whereas, uh, you know, it's like in martial arts, if someone has learned an art previous and they're trying to learn a new one, there's a lot of footwork to fix between the two. And so I feel like a really experienced musician sometimes, um, it's a little harder to like make them feel like I'm, they know, or I know what I'm doing. Um, cause I am, I am a little young, younger than probably most of the, uh, engineers around here. Mm, and, you know. Yeah. So, and if there's an experienced session musician, they're probably a little older than me. <laughs> right. That's true. Have you ever worked with people who you think, like, really connect with their own music in that way versus, like, do some people just not feel that way about what they're creating? Like, that from that, like, vulnerable, like, pit of your stomach kind of place? Uh, yeah. Um, and I'm not bashing pop music. <laughs> just a little forewarning here. But... Um, <laughs> It does tend to be a little more lighthearted and a little less like uh, bearing your soul when it is a pop tune that you're working on because it's like everybody's collaborating on the lyrics like, oh, that might be a little too cheesy. But then it's like we can throw some oohs right there, some oohs and some ahs, you know, and it's just really light because it's not you're not dealing with heavy material. But then uh, like a solo acoustic singer songwriter, how do you make that sound? dynamic and huge if it really is only guitar and vocals or you know um so that there's a lot of fun there too with trying to build huge spaces and then shrink them again and you know there's a lot of dynamic mixing tricks you can do for that sort of deal well i mean now we're in an emotional state at this point. that's an emotional true. space i mean greet it all with love is generally my mo i, I say that yeah it's helpful there is a bit of like therapy that goes into being a producer and an engineer where sometimes you just got to stop the whole thing and be like, okay, what's up? What's going on? What are you thinking about? You know, yeah. come back into the control room. I'll make you a coffee. Let's, Especially between let's talk it out. like members sometimes. Yeah. Like they're, you can kind of tell they're not there with each other and mm-hmm. it's just not working. Yeah. yeah. As opposed to trying to just push them through it, I, I would rather turn off the clock and be like okay let's just chill out for a sec let's take a break let's step outside you know mm-hmm. right if it's not raining yes <laughs> yeah um so coffee is definitely a fuel oh yeah <laughs> um, I, I i would consider it ambrosia when when did you first uh eat the ambrosia and when did you uh become uh an aficionado of it as ah. opposed to just drinking swill 
yes. from the the college dorm or right. something, you know. Um I started to have a slightly obsessive tendency uh like junior and senior year in high school. Really? I, w- I wouldn't let anyone else make the coffee in the house. I would actually get up early to prevent anyone else from creating the pot. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was not even really, I didn't even really know what I was doing. But I had a perfect balance in my mind, like, okay, this many scoops exactly to this much water. Nobody mess with me. <laughs> um, and everybody, you know, compliment. They're like, yeah, it's good. Uh, but <laughs> But then when I got to college, my first roommates both worked at um, a very fancy, almost snooty coffee place. Uh, If I could remember the name. But they were actually locally famous in Boston (laughs) for um, perfecting the pour over. And so they started making me pour over coffees every now and then. They're like, oh, you want one? I was like, sure. And I took that first sip of like a really well-made pour over and nothing has been the same ever since. Wow. Uh, they showed me, you know, all the weights and the scale and, you know, the uh, wrist technique. and. Oh, I didn't that. even know there was a know. wrist yeah. technique. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if that's real, but I have one now. And um, You have a wrist now. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Before it was like, you know. Just a, just a nub. Yeah. <laughs> Before the wrist, a nub. And a then nub. all of a sudden, yeah. when I started making pour over coffee, like a whole hand popped out. And <laughs> it's, it's, like it's a, a whole new arm. Yeah, it's like a new, like a, the next puberty. A whole yeah. new arm. It's the pour over arm. <laughs> the pour over arm. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd love to make people pour over coffee. Um, we should maybe get decaf. Sometimes, oh, you know, sometimes people are like, that. I don't drink real coffee. I can't, it makes me jitters, you know. And in college, I ended up at one point drinking like 10 cups a day. I'll be honest with oh, you. I know it was a lot, but um, I needed it. Yeah. 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 College um, can be hard. Yeah. Cause there were the occasional like three day sessions where it would be like school from nine to four and then a session from 8 p.m. to 4 a.m. And then school again. That's a long session. You know, wow. immediately the next day. Yes. So there were days where it was like I was even drinking coffee through the night. And uh, right. So, uh, but then it was the splitting headaches at three a.m. that you know I'd wake up and be like, "Wow, I need to make a cup of coffee to go back to sleep." You know? <laughs> you know? I know that's the uh, point when you're like, "I like need this all the time to feel normal." So I titrated down, and now I'm at about two to three a day. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. That's the perfect amount. What is it about the time 3 a.m.? Right, yes. Because I feel like every musician sings about that exact time yeah. at some point in their careers. Well, it is the witching hour. From Matchbox 20 to Shady Oaks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to me? Yeah. To, to John Remington. And it really feels like the middle of the night. Like yeah. calling it morning is just ridiculous. The wee hours. Yes. Yeah. Wow. That's what I like to call them. Man. Yeah. I don't know what it is about. Well, I, the, all I know is that it's the witching hour, and you know, yeah. musicians are into some witchy shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and three a.m. You're solidly like up really late. Like you're like yeah. it's late. It's yeah. not one a.m. You're like, eh, yeah. it's kind of late. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'll take it. Righteous. <laughs> yeah. Um. One thing I was thinking about asking you is um, just about kind of what you've learned about the recording process and what I would even say like your recording process since coming to Doghouse and working with like our kind of clients and just the music scene here and what you've learned about yourself as a creative as your process has like honed 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it has. I have learned a lot here. Um, immediately was the digital realm. Um, you know, everything here is digital, and uh, that's Kenny. Yeah, which which <laughs> honestly I think is great. Um, I know that there's there's kind of contention around that in the engineering community, like, oh, we need the analog, we need the tape, um, and I I don't think so. Respect Yay. respectfully. Um, <laughs> Because it's just so tidy. I mean, it took me a second to figure it out, but if you can get 64 channels of audio on one cable, sign me up. You know? <laughs> uh, so that was one of the first things I learned. But then in terms of my process, I think um, there was a lot of solo work at the beginning where I was just flying solo. And you know, at Berkeley, they ensured you always had an engineer and a producer on the session. Um, and so definitely not, not it, a doghouse. Yeah. <laughs> it went back to kind of wearing two caps at once there um and kind of figuring out that balance and when to turn one off versus the other um and you know like we just talked about earlier I think it has really solidified for me how to do that um and I learned a lot about like it doesn't fully you know like and this is no diss uh, on Doghouse, but like <laughs> you do not need uh, the Neumann U87 to record something beautifully. Um, you know, I mean, we are kind of an MXL house who I adore, and I don't know, I've never felt at a want for something greater than uh, that's like just kind of famous for being famous. And a U87 sounds great. Yeah. Um, truly, truly, but. Uh, I don't know. I, I kind of learned how to work with things that were less than um, perfect and less than a five thousand dollars microphone. Yeah, yes. and and in in a lot of ways, learned that it's not all about the gear by any means. I mean, you can use stock Pro Tools plugins and you can make a hit. You know, John from Sweetwater. If uh, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. That's your guy, right? That's my guy. My guy's Aaron. Aaron. Yeah, Aaron. I don't, from I don't have a guy. Aaron from Sweetwater. Yeah, no, Aaron's a sweetie. I mean, I don't mind getting a call from Aaron. It's like, hey, man, how's it going? Oh, do they reach out because they're yeah. trying to like feed the addiction a little bit yeah. every once in a while? Like, hey, you haven't bought any speakers in a while. Do you have the <laughs> rewards card, like the Sweetwater card? No, no, I never got that far. I, you know, you gotta, you gotta be careful. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Did I? I don't know if I got far enough into that question. Cause, yeah, because I, I, I so. feel like I learned so much though that was. Just not presented. Uh, they nailed the the whole schedule thing where they're like, yeah, your your schedule is going to be totally fucked. <laughs> um, <laughs> Wait, who nailed it? Just like your education? Yeah, the teachers, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, they're like, they'd show us memes of like regular jobs and their sleeping hours and stuff. And then the last panel of the meme is just like this crazy messed up bed and nobody's in it. It's like the producer. Fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's about right. Yeah, yeah. What do you think is the optimal amount of time for a tracking session? Ooh. Like, is there uh, a certain point where you get diminishing returns and you're like, hey, let's call it a day and do it, you know, do more tomorrow? Uh, right. So having a tomorrow is very important. Um, sometimes it's like, okay, let's squeeze in a 10-hour tracking session and try to get three, four, five, six, eight songs. You know, it's like, oh, okay. Uh, I'm going to tell you that's very ambitious and, uh, you know, we might want to get more days. Uh, it depends on the scope of the project, too. Um, if it's just a solo piano piece or f four or five and they're ready to go, sure. Right. It's like six hours cut and dry. But if it's a full band doing an, a full record, ideally, 
I would love a week uh, in the studio where it's like low pressure, uh, the time is booked, and it's total freedom. Uh, but that's really, really hard to come by. That's kind of an old school thing when labels used to pay yeah. for records. It was like, yeah, we'll just book it out for two weeks. I know I've always thought it'd be so fun to do the kind of like retreat style recording where yeah. you're like, you just live here for a week and... Mm. But that's not really practical anymore. Not for a lot of people, because most of the folks you work with have other jobs. Yeah, well, and it's just there's just not as much money in the music industry that's given to artists. Yes, uh, or put up for artists. I guess. Uh, Like one of my favorite records of all time, Mutations. um, It's a Beck record, done in two weeks. They recorded and mixed the whole thing. First week was tracking. Second week, they just sat in the control room and then was like occasionally. I'm going to throw a shaker on real quick. I'm going to pop out in there. Oh, okay, yeah, sure, sure. Throws a shaker on. And then two weeks later, you've got a banging record, you know? Right, um, right. But these days, it takes uh, a lot longer. And I mean, even some projects take years. I, I've been working on a record of my own for about eight years now. <laughs> right. Um, and that's fine, because that's kind of my personality. I, I don't think I can reel it in. Um, do, do you think your writing style and your performing style has changed over the past couple of years as you've sat in the, you know, engineer saddle more so? Um, I, yeah, I mean, I, I haven't performed as much, so I'm sure it has changed. Um, but I try to keep it uh, really funny. <laughs> yeah. Every, I, I, anyone who knows me knows I, I keep it funny. Um, but and sometimes I wonder if that's a bit of a problem, but. Because I have really serious songs, and then I have really goofy songs, but then almost everything in between is is not. It's all very funny. Yeah. Um, so I hope my performing style is still the same. But uh, in terms of learning about performance by watching people perform, sure, yeah. Um, there are just so many personalities that come through, and everybody has a different take. That it's it's great to to just be able to observe and also capture that and then really get intimate with that performance by just like diving in and getting as granular as possible. Mm. Thanks, Pro Tools. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I think that you have, um, you know, because you've witnessed a number of people coming in here to record, you've all also witnessed a ton of live shows. We've done shows here. Uh, we've helped sponsor shows other places. And... Uh, the one thing that always stands out to me is what is the difference between what is tracked or you know what ends up on an album as opposed to how you hear it in a live show. Ah. Uh, and I will use Lion Tortoise as a as an example, right? Uh, because they used I don't know approximately five thousand tracks. In there. <laughs> <laughs> they did uh, max out our one twenty eight. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they did that in the studio, then they go and play live and you can't use 128 tracks live. Right. Right. So how does that translate? How do you, how do you keep the, the quality of what you're striving for there? And also having in the back of your mind, stage presence, crowd energy, uh, you know, just the, the, the ambiance while keeping true to that, that, that quality of music that you're trying to put out there. And, um, I think some bands, you know, I, I use Lion Tortoise as kind of one extreme of that. I see other bands where, oh man, it's just like a fun freaking mess when they play live, but then <laughs> yeah. they're super serious in the studio. Right. Uh, so I'm like, I would have never known you to have that stage presence or like to, to be able to captivate a crowd just knowing from how you, 
how you uh, acted here. Like yeah. two completely different personas. Sure. Uh, it's really like blown my mind in, mm. in some ways. Yeah. Uh, and there, there's another big thing in the music community where some people want the record to sound exactly like the live show, whereas other people, when they get in the studio, they realize how, how many opportunities there are to add and change. Um, so a really good example is um, Talking Heads Remain in Light, that record. Uh, there was a huge like uh, upset in their fan base when they started playing live because it did not sound anything like the record because... It was, you know, Brian Eno was producing and doing all these crazy overdubs Weird and they stuff. were getting really weird in yeah. the studio. And that's one of my favorite records of all time. And I still love watching them play those songs live because it is different. So to me, those are two very, very different worlds. Um, and I kind of think it's cool to keep them separate. But if a client really wants to just capture, they're like, this is what we sound like live. This is what we want it, the record to sound like. That's fine too. And I'm, you know, more than willing to do that. I will try to like, uh, influence them <laughs> secretly, uh, you know, yes. plant some seeds. Some and a inception. lot of folks get really anxious about that. Like, yeah. how will we replicate this live? And everyone's like, this is a piece of art. You don't have to. Yeah, right, right. It's print like, it out every time you. Yeah, this play is your chance show. to like really dig in and see what you got inside your brain. But, uh, you know, never push too hard, of course. And right. The client's sometimes right. Well, I, 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 I kind of <laughs> see it as like, uh, you go to a museum and see an oil painting. You see the texture. You see the way the color plays with the light, uh, the meaning behind things, uh, and it's amazing. You take the same oil painting. You can't afford that oil painting, right? It's right. probably like hundreds of thousands of dollars and millions of dollars in the museum. But hey, you can get the the coaster yeah. <laughs> or the T-shirt, <laughs> and it becomes part of your life, and you become part of that story. You know, right, like, right. like I, I don't know, like you 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 keep that. You know, you keep a sense of it, but. You know, there's there's a there's something in the studio album that that uh, the the texture, the focus that. Yeah. And I think it's just like through. there's magic at a live show that you can't capture a lot of times well, in an side, album. That you know? too. That too. Yeah. So it's like you gotta love it all. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. don't have to, but I do. Same. Same here. <laughs> yeah. I love the differences. Yes, and it's neat to see. It kind of lets you into their brain a little bit of what what would they do if they could kind of add anything, and that's mm -hmm. like the studio mm -hmm. piece. And then you're like, what are you doing when it's just like right from your soul, like with all these people, and you're like, it's great, the live shows. Yeah, yeah. I love it. That's going to become more fun because we're hopefully opening up the venue soon, and then yes. we'll be able to record record the boards and. Yes, mm -hmm. I know. Some fun stuff. Doghouse Record sessions. the magic yeah, in a different exactly. way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, that. a blendy, as I like Get to say. Get some video. Yeah. Yeah. A blendy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have one that kind of turns it around, and it's a little more for, like, musicians who are looking for an engineer, but just based on what you've learned, like, what are some basic things you recommend folks to ask of an engineer when they're kind of doing that first either email or in-person meeting like what would you ask and kind of when do you know that like band engineer pairing is the right fit hmm that's a good that's a good one i think uh, as long as it's uh open and honest communication um i find the music industry is 
full of relationships that are not too dissimilar from romantic relationships. <laughs> um, and, you know, like the members, of of a, the members of a band, that is a relationship. If you're in a band, that's a dedicated relationship. You have to meet once to twice a week. You, you have shows on the weekend. You're talking with each other all the time. You know, you're communicating via several devices. So, you know, that's, that's a relationship that is on the level of a romantic relationship. Um, and not to say that an engineer and a band should be on a relationship level like that, but as with those kinds of relationships, it's really important to be as upfront as possible. Um, so if you're looking to uh, record your music, I'd say go listen to some examples of the engineer. You know, Are they recording music that you like? Are they recording music that kind of sounds like your band? Um, and when you reach out, just I would say ask if you could meet up or maybe even talk before you go in and just book something and then you're there because um, that'll clear the air of mystery. It's, you don't know what you're dealing with until you know what you're dealing with. Um, so yeah, de- definitely check out what, what they've been recording um, if you can because almost every engineer will have a bunch of examples on their website and I think that's important if you're, yeah, yeah, just find somebody that you like and respect and then if the communication is there and the clarity is there and the... Um, what is it? You re- respond timely. There's a word for that. Communicative. Communicative, yeah, or just like um, reliability. Ah, that's yes. what I'm looking for. Reliability and communication. That's really important. Well, yeah, I mean, it's respecting each other's time. Yes. Yeah. You don't want to be hanging in the wind, and they're like, "Oh, sorry, uh, all these other things," and yeah. we're more important. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that that sucks to feel like. I too. know. Yeah. I know. Do most engineers like to meet with their clients ahead of time? Um, I don't know, actually. I, I don't. Um, it was certainly unique here, coming here, that we set up all the. We always have a pre-production meeting, yeah. which I think is great. And I just made that up. I I've never like worked in this world before, so I was like, a meeting. Everyone sets up a meeting. Yeah, yeah. Or like, <laughs> let's talk project scope and stuff. And right. Um, I feel like it alleviates pressure. Yeah. Um, from that first day. And I like the in-person. It's just a nice way yeah. to be like, do our personalities fit? Are we trying to go for the same kind of art? Do we collaborate mm-hmm. similarly? Yeah, yeah. That, that's all apparent in conversation. Absolutely. I like it. And I think it's nice that they can then go home and picture where they're going to be. Yeah. That's important to sure. me. Like if I'm going to create something like that, I'm like, I want to see myself doing it yeah. ahead of time. Yeah. So it's not like the shock of the newness, plus you have to then like make art all of a sudden, yeah. and it's on the clock. It's like, oh, we have never been outside of the basement. Why does everything <laughs> sound so different? Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my. And there's yeah. like 10 sets of eyes on me right now, yeah. and I feel all the pressure. <laughs> all these microphones. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. You want to, you know, one one of the tenants here is that, or one of the foundations here is tenants that. Tenants fine. Tenants yeah. fine. Uh, is that we... We want this to be an environment that's not intimidating. Yeah. Yes, where, that's like the biggest you know, thing. You're not wearing your sunglasses inside being like, that was awful, do it again. Yes. That was awful, do it again. Yeah. Um, and just like if if uh, someone asks a question and someone just says, no, it's not possible. That That is something that I've, I've heard a lot of horror stories about where someone will come in and they'll be like, okay, so I know this isn't possible. Uh, and then they describe it and I'm like, well, Wait, no, that's that's entirely possible. Uh, and I like to say that nothing is impossible, uh, or at least uh, there's always you can at least attempt whatever. Yeah. And that's the fun thing about working with 
with people who don't have all the technical chops is they'll they'll give me colors, images, ideas. Can we? Can we? Can we? And I will always at least say, let's try. Yeah, yeah I, I want to do my best to. Yeah, try. I like at least to give people a maybe we can. Let's yeah see. Yeah, it's like oh yeah, I can pan your guitars on two separate channels. Absolutely, that's a thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Who, yeah, Two? that's a we're, thing. We're twenty different channels. We, yeah, we could do as many guitars yeah, as we yeah, want. Yeah, yeah. I might stop you at it's a good point. Guitar just... orchestra. <laughs> yeah, guitar orchestra. Guitar How many orchestra. have we ever done at once? <laughs> that would definitely go to the Lion Tortoise. That's record. what I thought. Um, I think yeah. we, maximally, we had maybe. Gosh, well, I like got you know because there were so many different tones that Jeff wanted to capture, um, and then we would usually quadruple track each tone. <laughs> like, all right, so, double it. Yeah. All right, double it. <laughs> Triple it. Triple it. Here comes the, the solo. <laughs> um, yeah, no. So that, yeah. And we, like I said, we got to 128 Pro Tools tracks, which I uh, haven't done since. That's a lot. And haven't done before. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I know. You guys were in the control room for yeah. many, many hours. It was cool. That was my, um, that was the first birthday that I had here was the beginning of the tracking of the lion tortoise. Wow. Yeah. Did you already know Jeff? Cool. Or I forget how. No, we, we met him through the, um, uh, oh, yeah, Sierra White. Sierra White. Yeah. Oh, nice. Thanks, well, Sierra White. Metal. Uh, found, Death in my metal. Death in my metal, not in my streets. streets. Yes, such a good title. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and then yeah, Kenny and I were back. I, I don't know how many times we've told this story on the podcast, but just like li- sitting there listening to play them play, we were not in the the live room. No, we, we looked at each other and was like, whoa. What is Whoa. going on? <laughs> yeah. yeah, this band. <laughs> that was the first of its kind here at Doghouse. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, and then we slowly started talking to Jeff, and Jeff slowly started talking to us, and mm-hmm. we worked a deal out. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it was lovely. Is there anything else you want to tell anyone on this? Uh, I love you. You know episode? who you are. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I'm just really grateful for the whole Colorado scene. I mean. I got into recording at all because I recorded a dorky little single in my high school band at Evergroove, and Brad was so flipping cool, and I realized, wow, you can live off of recording music. That's the coolest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) Um, Because, you know, the traditional American, like, look on arts is like, no, you're going to starve, and... You know, you're not. You can't make any money on the and if arts. If you do and, make it, you sold out and you suck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is terrible uh, stigma. But um, yeah, I would just like to thank the the community here because um, you know Boston was great. Learned a lot. Um, lots of incredible people. Learning uh, a lot of incredible things from them. But coming back here was just such a relief. People talk at a reasonable rate. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, first semester back, I was like home for winter break. And my parents were like, "Why is he talking so fast?" You know, it's the ten yeah. cups of coffee and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the East Coast vibe. Yes, um, we yeah. like to really get after it. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, upon return, it was everyone's so welcoming. I met you two, um, and that was mind bending because I, you know, you never meet studio owners that are just actually like really passionate about music in the way that you two are passionate about music. Oh, John, um, thanks. Yeah, I think it, it kind of comes from the fact that you both had uh, jumped ship on your old careers a bit. Um, and so you just really had that like inherent passion for music where and listening and, and being a part of a music community where I think sometimes studios get in, the, in their head that they are 
outside of the community and they provide to the community. I, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't be saying things like that, but it just yeah. maybe seems that way. I mean, it's all part of the ecosystem, right? And, mm -hmm. and you're creating connections between all the different parts of the ecosystem, whether or not you know it. You know what I mean? Like right, right. Yeah. So. And it's so fun to be one of the many hubs yeah. You know, that like is sort of a central meeting place. Oh, yeah. That's like why I wanted to start doing this is yeah. to be one of those hubs. Right. Yeah. And it's great that they're thriving throughout Colorado, you know? Yeah. Yes. Different yeah. Different studios, different yeah. rehearsal spaces and venue, you know, new venues popping up. Um, yeah. And that are on the same page with that. They want to be community oriented. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like those those really cool ones yeah. that are like hubs in that way. Yeah. Well, it's cool. The talent out here is really great too, you know. I I've I've been so happy the people who come in to record here. It's just like it's so much fun cuz it's 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 wild and out when you look at the amount of genres that come through here. Uh I just love that. I'm glad that there's no pigeonhole here where it's like, this is a metal studio or this is a jazz studio. You know, it's yeah. like, wait, whatever you want to record. Yeah, come yeah. on down, you know. We've recorded, um, yeah, come on down. We'll yeah, record yeah. anything. I'm eyes of my eyes of my aunt's Johnson. Oh, God. <laughs> I flipped that one. I'm on it, fire, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, uh, yeah, it's, it's so, so fun to record anyone and everyone. Yeah. Yeah, it is fun. It's fun to work with. Our little crew. Mm -hmm. We have a great little team. We do. What up, Kate? What up, Kate? Kate the Great. Kate. Yeah. And Juno. And Juno, yes. of course. Sweet tie. We'll wrap up our episode how we always wrap up our episodes. Uh, Mr. Remington, what are you listening to this week? Ooh. Um, I've been listening to uh, the Penguin Cafe Orchestra. Um, I watched... Punch Drunk Love and a very central yeah. character in that film is a harmonium. And so then I wanted to listen to music for a found harmonium. And then uh, I, usually I just uh, nosedive into the whole record collection of, of a band of, you know, that I adore. So it's pretty much just been Penguin Cafe Orchestra. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. How about yourself there, Ken Ken? Uh, I have been listening. So um, we're just coming off of the Underground Music Showcase. So um, one band I did not get to see last weekend, uh, but I am seeing tomorrow is the Manianas, mm. uh, who are- <laughs> You're seeing the tomorrow. I am the seeing tomorrow's the tomorrow. tomorrow's? Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> yes, I just drive down Table Mesa and, <laughs> oh, gosh. And, go, and go see the Manianas tomorrow. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so I'm really excited to see them live for the first time, actually. Cool. Um I've been listening for months now. And then I randomly, you know, like sometimes like the cosmos just like sends you an artist and you're like, this is insane. I should be listening to more of this. So there's a pop artist in Britain. Uh, her name is uh, uh, Ellie Dixon. And she has this EP called Crikey. It's my psyche. <laughs> um, and uh, it's just like a really, uh, a, just a really fun uh, pop album. And uh, you know it's it's nice little bite sized songs. It's, oh, cool! It's good. Um, and then uh, <laughs> That's a great name. Yeah. Um, and uh, I have not listened to Beyonce's new album yet, but I want to like listen to all the way through at some point in time. That is a wild it, album cover. It just came out this week, so everybody looks way more powerful on a horse. It's just it, oh yeah. There's no yeah. Anyone gets on a horse, it's like 
oh, wow, that person is powerful. I mean, Beyonce is already way powerful. So right. like, you put Beyonce on a horse? Yeah. Shit. Liz the horse becomes horse. a unicorn. You were on a horse? I've been on yeah. many on horses. Honey- on our honeymoon, we, well, we, we were rode horses. Well, we were both on horses. Wow, yeah. you would have been such a power couple. And yeah. we, yes. Liz wore white pants to I ride did. a horse. I got a lot of dust on them. I thought it looked cool, though. Yeah. You yeah, were, that's, that's, yeah, that's yes. a little edgelord. Yeah. Badass. <laughs> Badass. Liz, what have you been listening to this week? Oh, um, I have been listening to, I'm just looking in my list right now, um, The Burrows a bunch. Mm-hmm. The Burrows, who we want to play in Lafayette. Um, I've us. been listening to, oh, I just watched this documentary about Shania Twain. So I was listening to Shania Twain. I heard that was really good. Yeah. yeah. It was good. It What's was the great. biggest thing you learned from it? From Shania Twain? Yeah. Um, well, A, that Canadians can do anything. Oh, yeah. And B, yeah. that Shania Twain's so cool. You know, she like <laughs> went in and she like gave her life to what she was doing. Like she was like, I want to be like this international star. She would just walk into the studio and be like, let's go, girls. Dun, dun, <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> exactly. Love it. Yes. And cool. I didn't know she has Lyme's disease. Oh, fuck. I way to that. Way to out her. Ruin the... Yeah. It's in the documentary. Yeah, yeah. I oh, it's in the documentary. Uh, no, yeah. I thought you just randomly knew she died 20 Yeah, Lyme's. they text. No. Yeah. yeah. Like, how's the Lyme disease going? Yeah. <laughs> I said my rash is going away. <laughs> but not yet. <laughs> I'm trying to think what else uh, I've been listening to lately. It's been such a mix. I was just so on that UMS playlist, like, over and over. By the way, shout out to, shout out to Neptune for the oh, UMS. so good. Like, that entire performance was ridiculous. For those of you, you could probably watch it online now. Uh, group comes out of the back of a U-Haul truck that backs into the like the uh, attendance the crowd, area, the yeah. crowd, yeah, that's cool. And they all come out of the out of the back with of the U-Haul attitude, truck with attitude with these cool masks on, yeah, yeah. Whoa. And then we we got like splits on stage, like and just oh, high, yeah. high energy. Oh, the yeah. whole time yeah. I was like, someday I won't be able to afford tickets to a Neptune show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'll be so big. And the guitarist Rusty Steve was playing an eight-string Strandberg. Oh, it yeah, was that was neat. Ridiculous. Very and everyone cool. had the best costumes. Yeah, it was great. It was a, it was a show. It was like going to like a Lady Gaga concert yes. or going to a uh, uh, you know something with like a high production value. Yes, yeah. and they were able to just like. And that was during the like the light. I mean, it was daylight yeah, out. Yeah, it was like, like a, what, like a 2 show? It could have not looked cool, but it right. looked so cool. They rocked it. Yeah, that was so fun. And just the hair. I love all the hair flipping. <laughs> it looks so cool. Yeah, done right. That can really be effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. If you mess that up, though, you're blinded. You trip over your yeah. amp. You... It happens. Oh, we've seen you it. Gotta, yeah, clearly yeah. <laughs> we've clearly seen it. Clearly it yeah. was rehearsed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, the drunken hair flip over the monitors. Yeah, it can be that'll bad. Get you. <laughs> that'll get you. Yeah, that'll get you. And it's just oh so far to the edge of the stage. And then you, that. you don't realize that your guitar is unplugged like half a minute ago and yeah. you're still shredding out. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. And everybody's asking the sound engineer to turn up the guitar and he's like, well, hey. Can't do it. Not a magician. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that was not Neptune. That was not Neptune, no. <laughs> Neptune was fantastic. Yeah, yeah that's dope. That was yeah. really dope. Yes. Oh. There is a, there is a G Love CD permanently in my car, so if ever I drive around, it is. Oh, which just one comes out? Yeah, it's that easy. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a second. Yeah. yeah. So cool. yeah, that this is kind of like the constant background in my brain. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I like that. Very cool. Do you have a CD in your car? I don't have a CD player in my car anymore. Oh, you don't? I think I have one, but I don't know what's in it. Mm. There's even a tape deck in my car. No tapes, though. No. I don't own any tapes anymore. That's fair. You know, you keep them for a while, and <laughs> you're like, you? "This is just annoying during moves." I need to. Or the downside. old CD towers, you know, like the ones yeah, that oh, yeah. hold like a hundred and some CDs, and you'd spin them around. Mm-hmm. Why well, didn't have that? You'd they... spend like a week alphabetizing them, and then like a week later, you're just <laughs> no. up. My Soundgarden CDs in my Nirvana case. <laughs> <laughs> I never had the tower. I just had those giant, like, trapper keepers. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. It's almost yeah. like a photo album. But then yeah. you, like, want to keep the cases, so you, like, put them under your bed. I know. Because no. you ah. want to look at the liner notes. That's all about <laughs> streaming playlists. How easy it is. is that shit? Yeah. I know. I know. I always think, what am I, what am I missing with the streaming <laughs> playlists? I don't know. Wait, you don't do streaming playlists? Oh, I do, but I mean, what am I missing from like the old way of just like looking through and being the ritual? Reminded? Maybe you know what yeah. I would I would recommend listening to the radio for a couple of hours because, um, as weird as it sounds, I know Liz just gave me a stink. I don't face. like commercials. <laughs> commercials suck. No, no, but there are like Indie One Zero Two Three has no commercials. Mm-hmm. That is true. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out, shout out, uh, and uh, yeah, I. Whenever I turn on the radio, I do hear a random song, and I'm like, "Oh, that's cool." And like then, Shady Oaks, like Shady on the Oaks radio. are on the radio. Uh, but yeah, and and the cool thing that I like to do is when I hear a song I enjoy on the radio, I just go to Spotify and I choose okay Spotify radio, and then it'll give me other artists and songs like that, you know. And then now I have like not just one new song, but I got like you know 16 new bands to listen to. Yes. Mm. Yeah, I, I listen to albums always straight through pretty much. So if a song comes on the radio that I really dig, then it's like, okay, I'm going to listen to that album. And then usually the algorithm for like, if you like that album, yeah. then the radio that plays off of an album is where I get my, my, uh, my Yeah, that's new, nice when you play an album new, and new. then the radio kind of yeah. algorithm kicks yeah. in and you're like, okay. Yeah. Sweet. We'll keep this party going. Yeah. <sighs> well... <laughs> Sounds like that was the last breath. <laughs> Thank you, John, for being our guest. Thank you yes. for having me. Yeah. Thanks for letting Rocky us Mountaineers. ask you about your personal self. Yeah, yeah. of course. Anytime. I'm an open book. What's just, your, what's just your sign? Ask. Libra. Libra? Oh, same. Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm such an airhead. <laughs> Is that an air sign? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. The cosmos things. as well. Aren't you, you a water know sign, the I don't know. Is a Capricorn a water sign? I don't know. I that I don't know. I See, like, I only know. Capricorn's a goat. You're a isn't it? Greatest I, of all you time. Would know. <sighs> now I have to look. Greatest of all. <laughs> Kenny is the, the goat. goat. <laughs> 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 I'm the Tom Brady of astrological signs. Uh, <laughs> Yo, fuck Tom Brady. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Keep that in, Kate. Don't edit that out. It's an Earth sign. Oh. So I'm really earthy. Are you? Yeah, that's you know that most people from New Jersey are the very smell. earthy, very organic <laughs> people. You're not very good at composting. I can't help but notice. I didn't. I didn't know what composting was until I moved here. Kenny was like, "Why do you keep rotten vegetables in the house?" <laughs> yeah, I was like, "This is gross." <laughs> what are it you is, doing? It is gross, but I like still in case we break up, you want weird shit to throw at me? Like <laughs> he's like, oh, "I'm going to the compost jar." <laughs> <laughs> Get out of my life! <laughs> Banana peel. Banana peel. <laughs> <laughs> Seven kinds of mold. Oh, gross! All right. <laughs>
On that note. All right, cut it. To kill us, Kate. Cut <laughs> yeah, it off. It, it, <laughs> for the love of God. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of the Rocky Mountain Mixdown. For more information on any of the topics we discussed this week, look us up online at doghousemusic.com or your favorite social media platform. All are welcome here. Rocky Mountain